everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today we are talking Resident Evil. Duh. Today we are talking about Resident Evil 2, not the old one on PS1. We are talking about the remake that just hit relatively recently. And with me to slog through sewers of poo is my good friend Mike. Hello. Always punctual. <laughs> Luke. Hello. And a man who has to tell everybody in his neighborhood when he moves in that he is a state certified liquor, Craig. I am a state certified liquor. See? There you go. So, let's get the stats out of the way really quick. Craig, what do you got? <laughs> Resident Evil 2, 2019. <laughs> it was developed by Capcom. Published by Capcom. Developed and produced and designed and all that by all of those names. Um, and it was released on January 25th, 2019, this year. And it is a remake, or a reimagining, or a re-something of the first Resident Evil 2. So the second Resident Evil. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Which I am sure Mike is going to give us more information on during his monologue. It's really hard to follow up such a professional act. I mean, I'm afraid I might stutter or laugh during the one job I have on this entire podcast. <laughs> That's my job. My job is kind of like just messing up, making you guys look good. All right. All right. So, um, this is good. This is a weird one because this is something I, I don't know if like what we have to say is new at all. But again, remember, this isn't uh, some fancy podcast. This is just four guys talking. So if you are intimately familiar with Resident Evil 2 and the remake, chances are you won't learn anything new. But you can just hear four idiots laugh their way through a description of it and then talk about it. So should we have Mike go through the history first? Or do you guys want to give your personal histories before we go through the series? Uh probably give personal history first because then that'll that'll shed further light or, or it'll contextualize what mike is going to say because i'm going to learn <clears throat> whatever mike says i'm going to learn from because i have barely any um love or nostalgia or you know like general experience with the resident evil series so i've played the first one and i've played either the fourth one or the fifth one <laughs> and i've played some of seven and that that's that's me. So wait, wait, wait. You, you so you can't narrow it down between four or five, or did you play a little of each? I, I'm not entirely sure. It's one we played you've got... five together. No, we didn't, did we? I mean, yes, I've... we did. <laughs> oh. we, we got so far in it. This, this, yeah. I, I generally like. I've not really liked any of the games um, at all. So, the my favorite one so far has been Seven, and it's the one that I'm most terrified to play because it's all VR and shit. So, um, it is a bit. Sp so wait, um, really quick. So the reason why you didn't like the Resident Evil franchise does that have to do with this game, or is it something separate from this one? Oh no, because I'm just, curious. It's just I've never generally like. Not to get into too much detail because we will later. Something's not clicked with it with me, so it's not. It just doesn't do it for me, in any way, shape, or form. 
Okay, yeah. That's uh, a thing. Uh, we'll have to talk about it later because yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, Luke, you're next on the PlayStation Party list. So I have watched other people play the majority of these games and I think the first one I played myself was 4. Um, I got maybe halfway through and my brother said it'd be a really good idea to shoot the guy that sells you guns. I killed him and then he didn't respawn and it auto-saved, <laughs> which kind of ruined the game for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is the first Resident Evil game that I have finished. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, do you have any high like, um, just watching them, what one was your favorite so far to actually watch? Uh... Two was probably my favorite, closely followed by Nemesis. And I know that one's it doesn't seem to be regarded that well, but I really enjoyed the 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 chase that Nemesis Nemesis gave you. That was a highlight. Many sleepovers were spent <laughs> watching people get shit scared with Nemesis busting through doors and stuff. Oh, that's awesome! All right, Mike. Uh, I know, I know you and you and I are the Resi boys, so. Uh, your history hmm. and then uh, like what's your favorite of the old style and your favorite of the new so yeah I, I started with the first game um i played pretty much all the way up to the latest game uh what would i say main highlights of the series i think getting resident evil 2 at launch was a the the original resident evil 2 from back in 1998 was was an amazing highlight having two discs allows crazy options for co-op play if you've got the right friends the right amount of tvs the right amount of playstations but of the new style series i'd probably say i i quite like seven i quite like seven i think it's uh i think it's a better call than resident evil 4 today um, I, I can i can see that yeah but you know what, what uh, do you think so, um what do you think I, I did start with the second one uh, because we had to wait till I had enough money to actually, you know, rent a PlayStation and then try to rip through it. Except I had a funny little thing happen where I got grounded, like the day after I rented the PlayStation. So I ended up having to play Resident Evil Two at like three in the morning, so nobody would know I was playing games. Oh, so man. I ended up, you know, playing through Resident Evil Two, being terrified of it, even though looking back on it now, there is absolutely zero in there that is scary. And just having that cemented in my mm. brain. And after that, man, I went back to one. And then every time a new Resident Evil came out, it, it was an event. You know, I always got very excited for it, even including like seven. Seven, I agree with you, Mike. Seven is, mwah, it is ace. Um, my favorites for the old ones, um, I, I would have to say Nemesis. Like, I replayed them all before seven came out. And Nemesis was the only one out of the old three that really got me pretty good. Like, oh, this is a lot of fun. You know, being able to actually dodge stuff was really nice. Anyway, that's Nemesis. Uh, new series, um, I'm not going to count seven, just because in my brain that's completely different, but um, five. Like, I don't like four near as much as I like five. And I know that's kind of unpopular, but I really enjoyed five. And six was... Well, six was six. Um, so... Mike, give us a rough history of the Resident Evil franchise up until this point. Yep, sure. So so back in 1996, Capcom was a company which had a very strong collection of 2D games, which was slightly getting boring to the audience out there from, from my vibe at the time. Um, and the 32-bit era was appearing, you know, videos were, were appearing in games, 3D graphics. 
Um, and no one was sure what was was Capcom going to be able to make new headway, and of course they did with Resident Evil as their their big 3D action adventure survival horror game. Um, and of course, 1996 they released Resident Evil. Shortly after, in in preparation for Resident Evil 2, they released the director's cut. They went on to Resident Evil 2 with a huge budget, including um, advertising from George Romero directing their adverts over in Japan, funnily enough. Um, And then just continued on. A year later, Nemesis was out. The Dreamcast came around the corner and they had Code Veronica out. Um, Pretty much the reason I got a Dreamcast, to be honest. Um, and then further to that, they started striking some deals with Nintendo, brought, you know, Zero, a remake of the first game, um, re sort of like did a slight reimagining of their older games, although not to a great extent. Um, and then finally on the GameCube, they released their Resident Evil 4, which was a huge turning point for the series, pushed onto the PS3 and released 5, moved all the way you know, on from there to the end of the generation with six and then came back more recently with seven. And, you know, we're at this point now with a sequel, which is a, well, the sequel remade. Um, they, they have been spin-offs along the way. You know, you've got your Survivor games, a Game Boy game, oddly enough. Um, the gun games on the Wii. <laughs> oh, yeah, those, <laughs> you know, are, those some, are kind of fun. Of... I, I like those. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed them too, and and I think they you know they added a little dabble with, with network play with like the early outbreak games. They they pushed over to the 3ds. Um, I really like Revelations. I still got a special special edition copy of that upstairs with the uh, Circle Pad Pro, and um, I'm not a big fan of Revelations too. But yeah, that brings us pretty much up to today. Oh, I I'm. Uh... This isn't the podcast for it, but I'm curious as to why you didn't like Revelations 2. I, I kind of liked it. Uh, a little... I don't know. It's, it might be something to do with the graphics engine. I'm not sure, but it just didn't seem to... You know, too too door-looking okay. for me. It reminded me a bit of Code Veronica's sort of color direction, to be honest, in um, places. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I... This is... I like... I, I think Code Veronica is worse than Zero. I do not like Code Veronica at all. Uh, and it, Okay. Mm. Oh, I like cheesiness. You have to remember as well, this is coming from a guy who absolutely treasured Dawn of the Dead as a kid and still watches that movie every couple of years and, and really enjoys it as, as goofy and crazy as it is. So this was right up my alley, this, this entire series. Right, so uh, this is mainly towards Luke and Craig, because I'm curious. Um, so Resident Evil's like very synonymous with video games, right? Take out, take out the movies because they're god-awful. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> just video games like everybody knows resident evil is there a reason why it never sparked any interest other than a passing glance like there was never a, oh this is you know a really popular thing i should check it out well for me you guys earlier on like when this was happening i you know i'm not a horror person at all so my perception was i'm going to be scared i'm not going to bother with this and that was kind of like it i played the first game t- terrified of everything from things jumping through windows to <laughs> generally opening doors, just t- scared. And kind of didn't enjoy it. I felt a bit flat after it, and I felt like the stress and the scaredness wasn't worth it. Um, and then in later life, I kind of think I realise now that apart from Seven, I've never really... I don't like. I don't dig 
the zombie thing really and um the story it's not like it's a winding awfully amazing story that keeps me hooked in that so again i don't think the story payoff is worth the stress and it's like the tension it's not horror really like i played through this like the resident evil 2 for the show and it's not scary it's just tense and i just thought ah i was i felt it was good but it, the story it's it's not for me for that reason Okay, no, I I can understand that completely. And uh, how dare you say that the Resident Evil saga, sir, is not worth well, paying attention to? This, this worries me slightly because, as is tradition with these bigger games, our second episode will be on the story. And I imagine it's either going to be short or it's going to be really short. Or what? <laughs> I, uh, don't worry too much about the second I'm, one. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to dis- disagree with a lot of that because the the thing is, if you'd come off the back of Resident Evil One into Resident Evil Two, there are a lot of a lot of questions. To be honest, a lot of things popped up right at the end of Resident Evil One, which made you think, "Whoa, what is going to happen in Resident Evil 2? And it's kind of like Resident Evil Two does have its own thing. You know, you know, it, it, there's probably a reason it was remade. You know, the, with the Resident Evil One point five out there and stuff. But to to say that the game made a story for itself quite quite quickly, and I think I I was invested quite early, so hopefully I have a lot to say on it okay. later. Okay, now see, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite, Mike. Um, like I, I was interested in the story the way we, you know when you're a kid, you're interested in every story anybody ever tells you. But by the time like two came around, it was more just I can't wait to see the cool monsters, and I can't wait to shoot the cool monsters. Like I mean. We can both agree Wesker's the coolest character ever, but, you know, I mean, back then he wasn't cool. It wasn't until, like, five that he got cool. So, I mean, even then, most of the hooks were, I want to see cool monsters. you got to remember, though, that Resident Evil 2 was, like, one of the... It was breathtaking. It was... It was it did so much different, and it was so... It's one of the first games I can think of that was so... Like it pushed the PlayStation One technically, and it it showed what video games could do. I remember the hype around that um, when I was a kid. You know, I mean, this game came out originally. The the original game came out when I was nine, and um, that that's the main reason I didn't play it. It was it was too young. My my parents wouldn't buy me games that were you know of fifteen plus. But there was one kid in the class that um, he got it. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but uh, th- so basically, like every weekend, we were at his house having sleepovers and trying to get further in it. And um, but the hype was amazing for it. Uh, did you have the same, Mike? You'll you'll remember that maybe. Um, I I remember having a friend whose dad was a cop <laughs> who was quite relaxed about the age <laughs> ratings for some reason. So we'd watch we'd watch Predator, Predator Two, then we'd watch RoboCop, and then we'd move on to Resident Evil Two. Um, all in the same day, <laughs> um, but but no, no uh, yeah, that's that's technically how because I would be, I think I would have been thirteen at the time when this came out, and it was definitely launch launch day we played it. But yeah, it was it was crazy. Every, everybody was on about it. You know, it's just I'll I'll admit, like Dave, it wasn't really a rented PlayStation, but I did used to go to my cousins for the uh, the summer holidays. And that's how we rented Resident Evil from a shop very shortly after its release. So, so it's and on the other side, you know, we didn't have a memory card. Yeah, so I remember those a, days. A bit of an yeah. experience. 
Yeah. <laughs> um. But um, yeah, fever pitch at the time was crazy. You know, I'd I'd be running to this place called Bowlers in um, Manchester, hoping someone might be selling it a, a week early and things like that. And that's that's how I ended up with the director's cut because they they managed to get the director's cut in early with the Resident Evil Two demo, but not the actual uh, the the game I was after. I remember um, <clears throat> within my group of friends, it was you were either Resident Evil Two is the best game on PlayStation. Or you were a Tomb Raider is the best game on PlayStation, and of course later on, you know, Tomb Raider Two was the best. But yeah, I remember arguing, you know, no, 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 look, he's not as jaggy. And then, you know, you would have your comparisons between Lara Croft or Claire, which which one was better, you know? Uh, yeah, we went many rounds on which was better for the PlayStation to show it off. And I remember, um, watching the demo disc for the first one. And, even then, like, I remember seeing the first one, and it may just be your dumb kid brain, but knowing it was older, it's like, ew, that looks worse, even though it's on the same exact console. But looking back at it now, they... There's something beautiful about, about Resident Evil's pre-rendered backgrounds. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that... Especially since, you know, you were used to it from Final Fantasy. At that point, it was like, well, pre-rendered's going to be the future, mm. obviously. Uh, all right, so... um. Luke, why don't you give us a little bit of the story and we'll actually crack into this sucker. So uh, the game is based several months after the first game. And uh, Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield are both heading into Raccoon City to, um, for different reasons. Leon is a way to start his career as a police officer at the police station there. And Claire is looking for her brother, Chris, who I believe is in the first game. And... Um, she is looking for a brother who is also at the police station after not not hearing from him for a while. They both end up at a petrol station and uh, encounter some zombies and decide to tag up to try and figure out what's going on as they head into Raccoon City. And just as they're away to get to the police station, they get split up by an oil, oil tanker driving in between them and blowing up. And then they soon realise that the city is full of zombies. Uh, so they head towards the police station. In their separate paths. <laughs> the end. Done. Story done. Spoiled. Um, <laughs> end of episode two. Right. See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> really quick. Um. So, I played this when it first came out, the uh, remake, and I played through both A paths. Um. For this one, I replayed through Leon A path, and that was it because I I need some Resident Evil in reserve or life starts to look grim. So, um, what did you guys play through? What route did you guys take this time? Um, I did Claire A and then a chunk of Leon B. Okay. <laughs> I did the opposite. I went right through as Leon and then got maybe halfway through Claire. So, so yeah, bragging, bragging time. I, <laughs> I did, I did Leon A back when the game first came out. Um, I did Claire B, well, second run. Uh, this time, and then I went back to Leon A to attempt a speedrun. So I've deliberately not researched this. And, uh, Can you explain the differences between Leon A, Claire A, and Leon B and Claire B? Essentially, Leon A and Claire A, apart from the slight story differences, are pretty much well, identical. Right, okay. Not in the re uh, remake, part, makes, there's bigger differences. The second... Because, I mean... Uh, well, I mean, apart from some slight deviations in which route you get to the uh, 
Yeah, yes, what, what it boils down to that really affects you is is in Leon A, you play as Ada for a small section. In ah, that as well. That, yeah, and, and then Sherry. Claire yeah, yeah. A, you play through uh, what's her name? Um, Shirley. Shelley. Sherry. Oh, there we Sherry. go. Sherry. Yeah, you play Sherry. through as Sherry. <laughs> Sherry Birkin. Mm-mm. Although, although the funny thing is, in the second run, you will. Uh, just just cut ahead, very, very early part in the game. But when you first look at a monitor in the first run through the game, you'll see the the cop getting dragged under the... You know, he's shouting for help, isn't he? Oh, yeah. In the second run, you will see one Mr. X coming directly towards the camera, crushing it. And then he's he's straight after you, pretty much straight away from the start in the second run. And it's it's a toughie to be honest. Um, and yeah, B mixes yeah. up like items and stuff and all too. The, Sorry. Yeah, all the puzzles get get changed around. They've all got different solutions. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a. Well, I I found it very tough compared to the the first run. Although it might be because I was playing Claire as well instead of Leon. You got something against Claire? Uh, not really. A grenade grenade launcher kicks ass. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's actually a good one. Um, if you're choosing Claire, then you get expanded uh, inventory slots at the beginning, plus your big weapon will be the um, grenade launcher. When you play as Leon B, your big weapon is going to be the Magnum. And so, you know, if you prefer the Magnum or the grenade launcher, personally, I kind of like the grenade launcher. And there is the minigun for Claire. Uh, do you guys Do you guys have this thing where, like... I got the grenade launcher and I don't think I filed it once, saving my ammo till the very end, till I thought, oh crap, I wish I'd used that more. <laughs> oh, the- do you ever do that? Like, you end up with infinite <laughs> yeah, ammo the on the biggest weapons because you're using your bloody pistol. It's, it's well, a condition. It's got to be a thing. Well, the, the oldest story in the book is that I've known people who've you know they've not been too familiar with Resident Evil, and they've they've managed to get through the game and get to a, a point, say about seventy five percent through, where they realise they've got no ammo left. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't see that I've completed a Resident Evil unless I've got, you know, Rambo's arsenal waiting in a <laughs> lockbox, which is never going to be used, because I'm too afraid to use the most powerful things in case I do genuinely need them at some point. Well, this brings up a good point. Like uh, the first time I played the remake. I play it the same way I play every Resident Evil game, and that is, if I come across a monster, I will kill it. Whether I have to use a knife, or a pistol, or whatever, everything will be dead mm-hmm. by the time I go through. Because you know you're going to be backtracking, so might as well kill everything. And I've never not been able to finish a Resident Evil game that way. This time, when I played through this time, I was very, very um, cognizant of how much ammo I was using. I was like, okay, let's play the way... Everybody says you should play a Resident Evil game, which is like shoot the zombie in the leg and then run past him, right? I ended up with 69 ha, uh-huh. uh, magnum bullets when I when it came time to hit Mr. X. It was like, <laughs> what am I going to do with all of this? <laughs> I had magnum bullets, shotgun shells. I had a ton of ammo. So I've never personally run into anybody that said, oh, yeah, I got almost to the end and then whoops, ran out of ammo. No, yeah, that happened to a guy at my work. Was, did it really? It was almost, yeah, it was almost like a playground like uh, style chat because he was so frustrated because he got to Mister X and he just didn't have enough ammo to beat him. He didn't, he couldn't even like use a knife or anything. Whilst I um I figured out quite quickly that if you shoot them in the leg, they don't bug you. 
you know that you can run around them a little bit more but then i also saw a tip on a website that if you shoot them in the leg and then knife them this the knife doesn't break so you can then just go around killing them all only using one or two bullets. Uh, no the knife does break in this if if you're not using it as yeah, a defensive it, weapon it takes a lot for it to break though i don't think it does break if they're down on their legs if if they're, if they're crawling you can swipe no, it well break. i tested or it this it, time it yeah it does take a lot anyway. longer but yeah it can snap ah uh, right okay cool um, ooh, somebody has a message. Yeah, who was that? Um, okay, so... Sorry, I pressed So how button. do you guys normally play through Resident Evil? <laughs> With the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> I played through this one. I played through it um, sitting I mean, in my like sofa. like, gameplay-wise, like, like, do you shoot everything and kill it? Or do you oh, try I to killed run past everything. things? I killed okay. everything for very much... I knew, despite my lack of knowledge about the series, I knew you would have to backtrack. I knew it was like a core thing. So I just made sure everything was dead so that there's no surprises. Even though there are surprises that I didn't account for, there I are. thought there would be no surprises. Um, I So I killed everything. I bolted up every window and I investigated everything in my very methodical way. And I also don't mind admitting that I used a word document thing with all the locker combinations i i i think that's fair i mean all the, i mean with with the way you roomba around games like again pray uh-huh. it took you like what 40 minutes to get through yeah. the beginning <laughs> um yep. i'm sure you would have had the documents you just had to sift through them and, and uh. now replaying it even i do that it's like oh i know there's cap and there's svz and other th- codes i just can't remember where they go when I figured out that the codes were just written down on notes and things like that, I thought eventually I'll figure out what this code is. So I'll just I'll just take a wee shortcut, and I'm fine with that. If it was puzzles or it was a game mechanic or it was something that I had to do, like a big thing, I would feel more guilty. But as it turns out, I just don't. There's one puzzle that I forget every single time I play this sucker, but I will mention that later. Luke, what about you? What is your normal playstyle in a Resident Evil? So the the main reason I haven't finished Resident Evil games is because I don't like getting stressed and I hate jump scares. So um, Amy, my wife, bought me this for my, I think it was just a random gift. And I probably wouldn't have played this, but I felt obliged to. So I think the average time of completion is like four or five hours for a playthrough and i must have taken like 11 i was like <laughs> right <laughs> everything is gonna die <laughs> um every room is gonna be completely checked out at the slowest pace like you know open the door <laughs> hello anyone here <laughs> um but yeah like like craig you know i, I quickly realized that the 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 combinations are going to be lying around so i kind of cheated and used you know got items early that i probably i guess it's it's not really cheating, but it kind of is. Um, I played it on the easiest difficulty, and I, I honestly couldn't play for more than 30 minutes without thinking, right, I need to take a break because I'm actually, like, sweating or getting too stressed. So, now, um, that, that, okay, yeah, this is not a disparaging remark, but that that baffles me, man, because maybe it's just that I'm used to Resident Evil, but other than 7, with that stupid screwdriver, mm-hmm. I have never been scared at a Resident Evil game. And I don't mean like I'm too scared to put it in. I meant like, who, who, need to put this down. That's never happened. Like, this strikes me as very B-movie horror than real horror. It's not, it's not scary. It's just the, like, 
there's all this tension the music the music builds it up so much like it's brilliant um the lighting as well because you use a torch for the majority of like this game and just moving past an object can throw a shadow that you're like oh god that's a zombie <laughs> um <laughs> okay but it's interesting because like halfway through the game i went and loaded up uh claire's mission and i deliberately just ran around the zombies trying to figure out how their mechanics worked and kind of got over my fear and then the rest of it i just yeah went a bit quicker i mean instead of like going very slow it was a bit i think, <laughs> a bit I think the, 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 the like, horror is removed when you go third person like seven is is just terrifying seven is terrifying as soon as I think if Seven was in the third person, it would be far easier to to bear, especially if it wasn't in VR. That makes it like a hundred times more worse. Oh, oh yeah, VR is, yeah. is terrifying. But I think when, uh, pops just gets oh, right in your face. Being being third person is it's a saving grace for me. So it's just it's nice. Well, I'm I'm curious what makes it tense for you guys because. I feel like Mike. Do you feel tension at all, other than "oh crap"? I hope I don't miss this shot. I really thought that I wouldn't be. I, I didn't think I'd flinch about Mr. X in the game. To be honest, I mean, we'll talk about him a bit later. But there were points where, um, well, with general zombies, if you if you obscure the view going into say like a little office and you you sort of you panning round, you walk in something. If there's a zombie, like a sleeper zombie, just stood there looking at the wall or something like that. If they just pop out without having been walking around first and just jump on your shoulder, it can make me drop a few little solids in my, my trousers. Because I'm, I'm really jealous of you guys. Like, like this, to me, in terms of straight gameplay, if you take out the fact that they're monsters, it plays to me very little different than, like, an Uncharted would. Like, I feel the same amount of tension in Resident Evil <laughs> as I do with, with Uncharted. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, remember every game in the franchise is like, ah, oh, yeah, I've got this multiple times. Yeah. That that's what's weird about it. Like, is it that tension of oh crap? If I miss this shot, I am going to die in an incredibly gory fashion, or is it everything—the atmosphere, the sound design—that just unnerves you a little bit? I think it's a lot of those, to be honest, because especially when you get like the ivies in it, they are. Oh, they're a great design. Yeah, they're awesome. Brutal. Uh, well, see, when when you get to that section of the game, you're like in a an underground um laboratory and like all the walls are white and even when it's like <laughs> even when the walls are uh <laughs> Craig, <fuck off. laughs> yeah but because there's like this change of lighting i i i absolutely stormed through that bit even with the gory scenes and you know you, you're going into a room i don't know why it was it's just there's less things to jump out at you i don't know um, the police station mm-hmm. adds a lot. Well, that that's that's another question I'm curious to ask. And uh, don't worry, listener, we will get to gameplay eventually. But, you know, we've got a lot to decompress here. Um, do you guys always feel disappointed, and I guess this is more at Mike, when you leave the spooky location and go to the lab in every Resident Evil game? No. Like, for, really? Okay, so no, for me, no. like, the first Resident Evil, the mansion is the good stuff. The lab is the, okay, well, we must be getting near the oh, end. The, the lab, for me, was where it piqued my interest and started thinking, oh, there could be something in this. The same same every single time that you think, I like that. That's the bit of the story I like. The actual just mulling about the mansion or the police station, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay, wow. Hmm. 
Because because for me, like like the atmosphere of Spooky, I, I really like the atmosphere of Spooky, and I don't feel that in the lab. Once I hit the lab, maybe it is the clinical design of everything. It's like, oh, these are just experiments gone awry, not, you know, monsters. Maybe we're, we're looking for um, different things, though. Like, I'm I'm not playing this for the spookiness of the heart. I, I don't like it. I'm playing it for the riveting storyline. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Two of the most in terms of in terms of actual physical health in the game and, and how much damage you can take. Two of the worst sections are pretty much in in the um the nest area. So like for example the you know the greenhouse area you can pretty much get killed on the spot by a lot of things there. Um and then un- underneath that you've got you know the most liquors you're going to see in the entire game. And liquors and in this are absolute assholes yeah yeah they they take a lot more damage than i originally thought and that resulted in a few a few horrible situations of of (laughs) yeah i got vivisected a few times because i'm like oh two shotgun shells they must be dead no no they they really beef them up um it's been a long time since i played the old one but it seems like they've really done a lot to make the monsters and the zombies actually more lethal like i don't remember anything being as lethal as some of the monsters are in this mm-hmm. and in the case of ivies they don't look like something off the planet Zor. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i, I really uh, so, yeah I, I like how they uh, so ju- just for just for craig and craig and luke the in resident evil 2 these look like some sort of weird what well, what would you call it Sort of chew, not not chew lips. Hang on, I'll, <laughs> I'll Google image. Have have a quick yeah. look, but they look completely different. the The new model is a is a lot more similar to some things which popped up in Resident Evil Four and onwards. Oh. Well, like it's a nice call to Resident Evil Four because do you remember the regenerators from Four, Mike? That that's the one. That's what I mean with the uh, with the small small. Yeah, the little like polyps that you have to pop. Yeah, those are weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, um. I like that how later Resident Evil's almost turned into a, a gun game in terms of, okay, no, you can pump this with as many bullets as you want, but you're really not going to kill it unless you aim very carefully and very quickly. Yeah. Um, Oddly enough, in, in a horror twist, I think this is all somewhat related to uh, House of the Dead. You remember the 10 piece spot on the, the final boss, was it, that you had to shoot? Some of us never made it to the final boss enough times to actually remember <laughs> it, Mike. And never in the arcade, hmm. ever. Oh, no. So, into the gameplay mechanics. This is very weird because when I was thinking about what I want to talk about, while I was taking a nice relaxing bath, um, at first I was like, yeah, it's Resident Evil, whatever. I mean, everybody knows what they played like. But, you know, I'm sure there are people like Luke and Craig where they've only played this one or maybe one of the older ones. Uh, does anybody want to explain the, the moment-to-moment gameplay of Resident Evil? Or... Should I do it? I think you could feel this one if you want. Okay, so the gameplay in Resident Evil is very nominally about resource management. Once you're familiar with the way the gameplay works, it stops being so much about resource management and starts becoming more about your aim. Now, unless you're like Luke's friend who must have used all of his bullets to write his name in the wall, (laughs) you generally will always have enough bullets to kill whatever's ahead of you. If not, sometimes you do need to get creative, like, oh, I'm going to let this enemy attack me so I can use a defensive item. And defensive items are very limited use things that once you've been grabbed by a zombie or a sewer monster or whatever, 
you kind of, if you have a flash grenade, you stuff it in their mouth and then push them off and you can take one bullet and shoot the grenade and it explodes and there you go. That thing's dead. So sometimes you need to get a little creative with the way you play, but for the most part, it is about exploring a, a police station in this that is very windy. Like, you know, um, think of mixing doom with a Metroidvania. Like this is very much about getting certain keys and key cards that let you access certain places to get those key cards behind that door to go to other places with key cards and keys and stupid puzzles that nobody in their right mind would ever design. So moment to moment, it's how good is your aim? And overall, they give you a kind of wide open space and say, all right, explore. Every once in a while, you'll get a hint of like, oh, I have to go to the West Wing where the beast keeps his rose under glass. But other than that, you won't really have much direction other than have I been in this room? And in, did you guys find a problem with that at all? Like accidentally going into rooms over and over again, or forgetting what rooms you needed to go to or what keys you had. I, I didn't, but I've got a very quick question for you, Dave, as you are a Americano, as they say, um, how big are police stations in America? Well, um, if you want to go to the police station, first you have to get in the door, and there's three medallions right at the beginning. <laughs> and you need to find the correct medallions to get to the police chief, who then says, ha-ha, I like chess, and you have to find these chess pieces. Then you can file a complaint. Um, no, uh, police stations in America, like the one here where it's a podunk little town, a lot of them tend to be police station plus courthouse. So, like, the courthouse will be the upper floors and the police station is the lower. And the police station in Resi 2 is smaller than you would see in a normal big metropolis city like Raccoon City is supposed to be. Like, the police station and courthouse in Philadelphia was huge. Wow. So, it is genuinely kind of roughly along the same sort of dimensions of... of Yeah, I mean, not not on inside design for sure. Like, you know, there are no... Yeah, yeah. Club keys, but yeah, uh, size-wise, oh yeah, they can get to be that big without nice. too much. I mean, what about over there? Are they more like corner stand police stations where you pop in and you're right there at oh, the front they're desk? Pre- they're pretty small in comparison. Pretty, pretty. Although to be honest, I think the public only really get to see a certain amount of. Yeah, of yeah. Probably what the like the, the major are. city police offices can get very big, but for the most, like the police office in Lawrence Kirk is smaller than a convenience store. For you, Dave, for like a, a corner shop. Okay, it's tiny. It's one room, and it's got, and it's only open like a few hours a day. And you have to like, you, there's a, a phone number on the door if you need the police in your phone. And then someone comes to the You're police station. Joking. No, no, it's it's not manned. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that is fairy tale, man. Um, in some of the bigger places, like uh, they're fully staffed twenty four hours a day. Like here. So. They will be in the cities. They will be in the cities. Oh, okay. Because like they'll have cells and stuff like that. You know, like jail cells and whatever the hell else they have. I don't know. My whole family's cops and I've got no idea about all this stuff. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So where were we? Where, oh. Oh. Um. Does this game... So is, is it confusing? Yeah. yeah does this game feel like a Metroidvania player. to you guys? Where you have to keep... I mean, the way they have the map design does make it easier... 
But is do you guys roughly equate that? Because this always felt like almost a 3D Castlevania to me. And okay, I got to go to this room to get this item to go here. Does it feel like that to you guys, or was it fairly linear? I think a lot of that's forced by the the inventory management, though, isn't it? Because you have quite small, and I like that they've carried this on from the original game. That you don't, you can't carry everything around with you. So you'd often come into a room and you're like, oh god, right, what have I got to put down or do I have to run back to the storage box to deposit something because I need this item to then open this door? But in the remake, I remember watching my friends play this when I was younger and thinking, this is quite a lot of running back and forth and it maybe didn't make sense, probably because we were like nine, ten years old, but I never got stuck in this and never, like, I didn't feel like I was constantly exploring for the next clue everything kind of led to each other and I, I guess the police officer guy at the that sits in the middle he, he kind of pushes you yeah Marvin he kind of pushes you around in the right direction so it not as bad as other metroidvanias have played and I see I always even though I've, I've completed Resident Evil 2 probably like seven eight times now I always get lost. It's like, wait, do I have to go up to this to the to the roof to go past the helicopter to come back down into the storage room, or do I have to go to the third? Like the logistics of where to go always screw me up, because you have places that are locked off by certain things, and you have to sometimes circumnavigate, them. like the helicopter before. Um, Floppy Hat Joe picks up the helicopter. You have to work around that. And that's what always screws me up is like, it's not until I get to the sewers or the lab where it's like, okay, I know exactly where to go, what to do, all that. There's something about the way this is designed that always does my head in. That's so weird because I had no problem navigating the police station. See, when I got into the sewers, I was running in circles. <laughs> I was like, and that's oddly enough, when I was playing through Leon, that's where I was like, nope, Sacris, I'm out, bye. <laughs> I'm not sure if there are a few more sort of dead ends in this version than the original because I I did notice a few bits where you'd go down parts and there'd be, you know, just doors which are never meant to ever be accessed and, and things like that. And I think they've sort of amped it up a tiny bit in this just to, you know, give you give you places to go where you're not, not sure. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, one thing that I'm... You know, for, for example, say you go out the back of the, the clock tower bit, there's a little corridor around the back. I don't remember that originally. And I, I mean, its purpose there is to hold a, a Mr. Raccoon. There's little collectibles throughout the game. But, um, you know, there's there's other parts where, like, you might go all the way around a corridor and it'll look like a load of it's all been smashed up doors and things like that and all beds put in front. And I, I don't really remember too much of that in the original. I, I think they might have added a few things just to sort of oh yeah they did plenty of things to trip up old resident evil 2 vets i think and i think it was a mindful decision and i'm really glad they did it too because while it's 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 fun to play through it moment to moment it would be a shame if you knew exactly what you were getting from the moment you hit start um one thing luke mentioned was the inventory management hold on i got turned on my tablet um does you yeah does anybody find that kind of frustrating to deal with that limited in inventory or does that kind of heighten the tension for you when you've got four first aid sprays but you need to pick up a key and you're like, oh, I'm at full health kind of thing? really depends on your play style, doesn't it? Because I, on the speed run, I noticed I was skipping so many different things, but in the, the, the normal style that I'd play, you know, I'd always make sure I knew my route back to the nearest 
near a safe box just so I could uh, you know deposit stuff and then and keep moving, keep maybe one healing item, a decent weapon, maybe a spare backup weapon if I thought it was a rough area. But it's kind of like, you know, you you're always you're always checking your inventory. You're always you know, in some points I was adding attachments to weapons and thinking, shit, this is taking up two spaces in my, my inventory now. And I thought maybe if I just forego that attachment. But uh no, I don't know. Oh, so what about you? So wait, you're you only carry one or two weapons with you? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll dump weapons which don't have enough ammo at the time and things like that. Or you know, if I haven't got a satisfiable big chunk of you know, like how you, you, I think you get a limit of maybe like sixty bullets or something. Yeah, yeah it's like so it sixty per stack. Slot. Mm, and I'll I'll cut them up and and keep keep lower so I know I'll be able to add to that to not waste any inventory slots. Oh, oh no! See, I'm I always carry the pistol, the shotgun, and the magnum with me at all times, and I carry one healing item, and then the rest is to whatever until you get to the end, and then you're like, all right, I'm loading up on everything. But yeah, like I always have every gun available to use, should I need it. Huh? That's interesting. So I always think it's easier to fight your way out if you've got less ammo than it is if you're down on health, you know, and you you need a heal. So I, I carried more healing items than weapons. Maybe that's part of just my crawling playstyle as well as randomly being bitten every so often. Um, and it's, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, and I will reference this speedrun a couple of times, but... I did not have a shotgun until I got to the nest. Yeah, see, I would I would have thought to drop the pistol for the shotgun. Well, funnily enough, if you do not pick up the shotgun, by the time you get to the nest, it is waiting for you on on a desk, and you can pick it up if you missed it. So, so it's, wait, it's, it's, it's... before the final Birkin? Or right when you hit yeah. the nest? Yeah, no, when you first hit the nest, that room that... If you're playing the Claire's, Claire version of it, you would have put Sherry on a little... On a little table bed. while she's recovering. Yeah. Um, in that room there, where you where you access logs of like a you know an umbrella to Birkin and things like that, you'll find the shotgun just on on the desk opposite, like a save point and that little you know that place where the zombies uh, are roaming around a canteen and huh. stuff like that. I, I couldn't Proper. imagine yeah. playing a Resident Evil without a shotgun, like an hour into know, the game. I it, it was I different. D- I didn't carry the shotgun. I didn't use it. Really? I was pistol. Yeah. So yeah, wait, I, you pistoled um, down the liquors? Although yeah, I think you or, played as Claire, didn't you, Greg? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, so I, I don't think oh, she wait, gets access so, to the shotgun. Uh, did you use a submachine gun at all? Yes, yes, I did. I have I have one small complaint when it comes to uh, this, especially, but video games as a whole. Why why do video games treat submachine guns like oh the bullets are smaller, they must do less damage? I, oh, hmm, yeah. Always drives because because if you give me a choice between a shotgun and a submachine gun, I will choose the shotgun in real life and a video game, but I, it always annoys me of like, oh, the submachine gun, it fires bullets less powerful than the pistol, mm. just faster. Drives me insane. Funnily enough, Dave, I was watching a, I was watching the spin-off of Breaking Bad called El Camino earlier today. Oh, don't, no spoilers. I, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. Okay, apologies, apologies. But but what is what is a 22 is a twenty-two one of the lower lower a, gauges a of bullets? Yeah, is that something that's probably you would um, a twenty-two is also like in video games you might have run into it in like Red Dead as a varmint rifle. It fires ah, okay. an inc- okay, so like it's yeah. one step. It's the step above a pellet gun where it's the first 
caliber, I believe, of gunpowder shell. So it is very small. Well, it's it's very pertinent to this conversation anyway. But that's that's you know that that makes sense as as non gun nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I am not yeah. a gun nut, but no, no, no. Like in real life, a a submachine gun firing nine millimeter parabellum rounds will shoot with the same velocity and stopping power as a nine millimeter parabellum handgun. They don't shoot mm-hmm. lesser bullets. They shoot the same bullets, just faster. Yeah. Anyway, so that anyway. has been Gun Talk with Dave that may be accurate. Dave's not sure, but pretty sure. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the inventory management in this. One thing that I love when any developer does this because I am OCD about this is putting a little check mark next to something whenever there's no oh, use gotcha. for it for the rest of the game. Because yeah. I remember, and then still continue to put them in your safe boxes. Yep, yep. I do the same thing. <laughs> Maybe they're lying. Maybe there's a secret door. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember going through Resident <laughs> Evil 2, the original, and keeping all the keys on me at all times because you never knew when you were going to run into a door. Um, did you guys do that same thing where you you still put it in your box? Oh yeah, I put, I put it in my box. I. Can you scupper your entire playthrough by ditching a key? I don't know no, if it'll let no, you. It, it only becomes discardable once it's been ticked. Okay. You, uh, unless it's like a, uh, I think it's a healing item or some something right. of, of not really much use, which can can be discarded, yeah. I think it's a shame as well you can't put down a healing item on the ground and then go back for it later. You're like as if... Well, at that point, though, there would be no strategy in, okay, what do I get rid of? It would really tame that part of the game down yeah but you, you can imagine the like benny hill situation of people like grabbing a herb leaving their gun bullets on the floor running up the hill fighting something running back down the stairs grabbing something then going yeah. on doing repeating the same thing and just running backwards and forwards to the next you know a to b to c to b to yeah. c to d to c to d to e and d. Uh, uh, okay crazy. so craig i can't remember and this makes me mm-hmm. terrible, but in 7, you couldn't discard things and pick them back up in 7 either, could you? No, no, you couldn't. Yeah, I, th- I think it's purposely designed that way. Otherwise, yeah, th- yeah like what Mike said would happen. It's absolutely part of the game. I I complained about it when I was playing it, but then I think I started understanding it. I think at first, my playstyle is all obviously hoover everything up, and it's a pain in the bum, but... And that's the point at which I was complaining because I wanted to carry all my weapons, all my ammo, all my healing items, all the keys. I want everything in my pockets. But once I accepted that it was part of the game and not just some stupid restriction that I thought it was, it's actually quite enjoyable. And I found as well that each safe... Because by the time you get to Mr. X and like you're a wee bit on edge in case he comes running after you, I always had like a wherever I am, I knew which direction to run in, left, right, right, I'm in a safe room. And I had that for the whole game, like some sort of weird um, escape route in the Matrix or something like that. It was really, really bizarre. But it, it became kind of second nature. Okay, so, so um, put a pin in, Mr. X. I just want to ask a really quick question. Um, Mike, in the old one, it didn't mark on the in-game map when you completely hoovered up everything in a room, did it? That wasn't until later. I don't no, I don't think it did. I remember green flashing on some rooms at some point if it was a room you had to that was a Oh, see, I don't remember that. Okay. 
But you know, yeah, I might be I might be getting mixed up though. I could be wrong wrong with that. But yeah, this this I really like how they've taken everything that could be a frustration to the player and boiled everything down to just the gameplay. Because if you say walk by an herb that you can't pick up, then a what? It, a what? Oh, uh, I herb. knew this herb. was gonna come up. Yeah, it's a <laughs> silent H. Okay, it's a silent H. He's he's saying herb. He's saying herb. Well, I'm not saying herb. I'm saying herb, okay? <laughs> when you pick up an herb, it is nice enough to mark it on the map that there's an herb there. And it does the same thing with... <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know what? This is what's going to break up the podcast. It's going to be herb. Craig, did you did you get straight into mixing herbs from the, from the start of the game? Or? Mixing, mixing what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, mixing. Yeah, yep. because it's just to save space. I mixed my herbs. I <laughs> I found it quite frustrating at times when you're in a room that isn't marked complete, except you don't know what's in it. I think I couldn't get into. Is there a gun cabinet in the stars office or something yeah. like that? There's something in the stars office, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I cannot get in here, and I just want this room marked. <laughs> Um, oh, that's the puzzle yeah. that always screws me up. I always forget that mm-hmm. you have to actually examine the uh, the badge to get the USB dongle yeah, to pop to get out. The USB, yeah. Uh, every yeah. time it's like I have the badge. Why won't you take it? <laughs> I was deep underground before I realized this. <laughs> I was like, now I need oh, to no. go all the way back upstairs. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We'll talk about Mister X because because mm-hmm. he is a big mm-hmm. gameplay part of this, and the way they do him here really gives me hope for them doing Nemesis next. Because they did a really good job with Mr. X here. Um, so in case you don't know what, who Mr. X is, he's a man who enjoys slow walks on the beach. Uh, doesn't get a lot of sun, though. No, sir. Um, so Mr. X is somebody sent from... Un- Before you push on this, on with this, Dave, just a quick point. But you were going to say Mr. X was someone sent from... And I was going to say a pod... Because I'm pretty sure in the original, he drops in. That's what I thought, too. He drops in from the ceiling, doesn't he? I think so. I think so. And, and, he, and, and in the original, I, I think he only appeared in game B. Was he I only game right. B? I, I couldn't remember. I'm not 100% sure. Because I remember him being the main point of the second run. I I would have expected... Like, my, my take on Mr. X was... If he had only been on in the B run, I would have appreciated it a lot more. As it turned out, it just became an annoyance to me. Like I, I wasn't, it wasn't anything else other than, oh, fine, I'll just go this way and I'll stand here for a wee second or something. Like it just bugged me. It was like a time tax or something. I just, but if he wasn't in the first run and then he appeared in the second one, that would be where I would be like, ah, so this is an extra layer of complexity here because I've got to deal with this guy as well. Stomp, 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 stomp. What <laughs> I, I, I love the way his animations change when he sees you. It's like he he suddenly starts walking towards you with a very good purpose in mind. Like he just. It's like the uh, is it a T one thousand or something? What what was the one off Terminator? That 2? was Patrick. Um, what's his face? Yeah. Robert Patrick. T one hundred was Patrick. Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, T one thousand. Robert Patrick, a hundred. Arnie. 
Yeah, there's some, some something to that. But the way the way he just turns on the spot mm-hmm. and sort of goes, right, I'm that's not, that's my target now. I'm not saying he's kind terribly of. designed or pretty tense or anything, but it's the like you can go into a safe room or into the clock tower or into somewhere else. I can't remember the other room. Uh, the wee room down in the first floor outside the lobby where the photocopying stuff is and all that. You can stand in there and just kind of wait until he goes away and it's like that. You can. Did you know you can also pop your head out the door and he can just grab you and pull you straight out? Oh, I've never seen it, but I've seen it on YouTube. And, and yeah, if you're in a safe room and you think you're safe from him and you think it's gone a bit too quiet, mm-hmm. very carefully open that door because yeah. he, he can literally pull you out of the safe room. <laughs> I, I, would, I would go to a safe room and then go and make myself a tea. <laughs> well, I, I understand where Craig is coming from too, right? Because after that initial shock and awe, yeah. like the only time I, I've ever become frustrated with that mechanic is when you're trying to move those library shelves. Oh, like, yeah. He <laughs> can't get in the safe rooms. Does he not think it's a bit weird that you can't? he can't get in the safe now, rooms? See, or the clock tower? He's got he's, he's, he's got a fear of typing, obviously. Uh, um. Well, I couldn't remember. For me, it was always I never even stayed in safe rooms because I couldn't remember if it was this one, like two, or if it was three, where Nemesis or Mister X could burst through the wall in a safe room. It was that would have changed the them. game for me. That would have absolutely changed the game for me if it could get everywhere. And as for the, it's a violation of your video game rights, isn't it? <laughs> you think it is? I remember. Did they do it in one where the the wall of zombies came through the front door of the safe room? There was it was either one or two, and they didn't do that in well, the, this. One one of the things that is missing in this game, which was pretty cool, was in in the original Resident Evil Two. You could open those, you know, those loading screen doors, and you'd get you could get zombies like yeah, you're pop right, up and just oh, yeah, and the blackness. Kind of missing, you open but, the door and a wee zombie yep. pops out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although although that is sort of replicated because there is a section just as you you initially meet Mister X that uh, water. You know where you turn the water on. Yeah. At the end of that that outside section, the zombies do burst out the door. That's where it happened in the original uh, original version of the game. Yeah. Now um, you brought up a good point of it being you know in playthrough A this time instead of just B. And the only reason why I can think they did that is because they can't guarantee everybody's gonna play B. Like I mean, well I'm sure they have the metrics now, but. When I was a kid, I tended to play A over and over and over again. I only played through B like once or twice. Why? I don't. I I honestly don't know why. It's kind of like Dark Souls. Why not play New Game Plus? No, instead I'm going to start another character. It, it's uh, just yeah. it, it's weird. Like even now, but I'm then wouldn't si- oh, God wouldn't wouldn't the B route be the new <laughs> character and New Game Plus would be replaying A? Again and again yeah, and again. I, 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 don't, I can't explain it. I don't know why my little yeah. kid brain was like, no, let's play yeah. A again. Maybe it was familiarity. Oh, I, could, I, I don't yeah. know. Um, but even now, like I, I've played most of the way through a B scenario, but I don't want to finish it yet. Because once I play through the B scenarios, well, the game's done. I can't replay it again if the game's done. So Have even you, you do them, essentially get two more two two more routes from there, though, don't you? you there are four in total. Yeah, there are, but uh, I, I don't know. There's something in my brain that's like, once I've played the B scenarios, it's done. I mm. have to put it down. So I, well, we'll we'll get onto story later, but you you you're not losing a part of your soul by witnessing the very true ending. Well, no, I music, yeah, so. I I know what happens at the end. <laughs> you know, somebody gets adopted, but. 
I mean, it's just there's something about playing through B for me that always signals a finality with a game. Like, I don't... Do you guys have that thing where once you've completed a game, well, that's it, it's done, yeah. you can't play it we, again? We, we spoke about this not that long ago when we were, we were talking about open-world games, and it's like when you finish the story, you're left with the yeah. open-world and an unlimited side quest, and you're like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, so when I finish B route on Resident Evil, well, that's yeah. it, it's done. Oh, what was it? Hmm. When the credits roll. We were speaking about when the credits roll, that effect... Jeez, where were we? Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni. Exactly. Well done. That piece of fun. <laughs> Although it, it does bring on to a good point, which is that this this is a Resident Evil game which has, I mean, as you would have known from the original, your potential four playthroughs, that that wasn't the end of it because, oh, of course, yeah. everyone had a good, good best friend who who had already S-ranked the game, had unlocked Hunk, Tofu, the entire lot, got all the infinite weapons. And that's why I did this speed run, essentially, so I can finally say to him I've got an S-rank on the goddamn game. But uh, <laughs> I'm kind but of you, surprised you know that they didn't go Mercenaries in this. Well, Mer- Mercenaries was never in the original. No, it, it wasn't. It didn't come in until but ne- Nemesis. neither was the little extra side stories they have in this. Like those, those or, three? Although... The- there was a Wesker mode on the Saturn version of the original Resident Evil, which is kind of a, another basis for it. Well, I wasn't rich enough for that, Mike. I didn't have a no, Saturn. No, and, and it, it was a inferior version, slightly. Well, uh, okay, so so Craig and Luke, um, does this? Are you guys going to go back and play through the other no. routes? No, I actually think this is one of the down points of the game. Is that the? the I, I know the game's short, but the. I was a bit disappointed to start Claire's mission to find that the majority of it is exactly the same as Leon's. I can understand that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the reason why I've not gone through it more than more than once. Um, although I did spend a good amount of time with the the side stuff, the ghost stories. Um, now, I, I, well, that brings up an interesting question. If it didn't have uh, two characters to it, if it didn't have two kind of split points. Would you feel you've gotten your money's worth with just say Leon scenario? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I probably spent twenty hours with this game and I had a really good time with it. I think I would have preferred if it was just one story and it flipped between Claire and Leon, like, and you actually got to see. Right, maybe they did it two different sides where you start as Claire and or 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 Leon, and then it, you can play the alternative, but. It would have been good to see what Claire's actually doing when you're Leon in the police station, or oh, like after the fence meeting, yeah, and yeah, stuff like, like that. Seeing what is actually happening—that's what that I expected. That is what you get in the second that's run, e. or that's that the opposite. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, but I so think he play... means if that was combined into one playthrough uh, instead of an right. A and a B. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you leave Claire at that point at the the fence, she runs off back to a little locker room underneath. You know, where in the original you would have got Brad Vickers sticking his head about. Now there's that Brad Vickers poster, yeah. weirdly enough. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> that's where Leon Leon B starts, pretty much at that mm. fence scene. You have to run a wee bit, but it's pretty much at that fence after the helicopter crash. Yeah, and that, that side route in front of the police station is open mm-hmm. in Leon B. I can, I can kind of see that, though. Look, I think I would have... I would have probably enjoyed it more if you got Claire going through that and then at the end of the chapter it cut back to them parting ways again and you played through where 
Leon one. Maybe it might get a wee bit clunky later on, but I can. Or even it, you got the choice of who you're going to play at this point, and then you pl- like you played it again at that. You know, I don't know. It it's a weird. It's a very like nineties game design choice. I think like I mm. I don't think you'd see that nowadays. But I mean, it's cool in a way. But I, I when you see the end credits, it kind of is like, oh, cool, I've done that. And for me, a game being so stressful for me. <laughs> now, now, two points that, that kind of split me down the middle, uh, in a sexual way, of course. Number one, oh, we are also all talking as 30-year-olds who have 100 games to choose from. So, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, it was cool that I did have the option. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I didn't take it. And number two is, um, I think even Resident Evil, this was the last time they did it. Because Zero didn't have a split like this. Uh, Code Veronica didn't. Resident Mike, Evil 3 did let you play as the uh, the other fella. I can't remember his name for the moment, but you did get to play as I him didn't think for... it was a full-fledged mode, was it? No, no, no. I mean, in the main campaign, you do switch over to... Is it Carlos? Oh! Is that his name? Is it yeah, Carlos. Yeah. yeah. You switch over to him. I remember his machine gun running around the hospital and stuff like that. If I, remember, I can't remember 100%, but... But I, I think this... Because the first one had, you know, the Chris and Jill... And this had Leon and Claire, but I don't think they ever did it again because by the time you got to four, you were just Leon and then you were Chris and Sheva and six was everybody. So, yeah, th- I mean, I don't think Capcom even agrees that this is a good way to do it. it I think they put mm-hmm. it in here because it's legacy and yeah. people yeah. would have had a fit if you didn't include the A-B scenario. Yeah. And at the time, yeah. remember, it was cool because you were swapping discs and yeah. there was carryover and it was really cool. And that was that was why I was technically forced to do A and then B because we were we had one copy of the game, two PlayStations, and two TVs. So you know there was, <laughs> yeah. there was a, I think there was a half an hour gap between each of us finishing our first A play before we switched straight onto B, and then burnt the midnight oil. But yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we're we're getting fairly long. So do you guys wa- want to wrap this up? Oh, something we should talk about, uh, Luke. Thank you for reminding me that you didn't remind me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I would, uh, now, I played through the first time using the remakes, music, and sound effects and all that, and then I paid the two ninety nine to get the retro soundtrack and sound effects. Oh, no, I didn't even know that was and a thing. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's can... because some stingy bastard didn't get you for Christmas and got you the wrong, <laughs> the wrong one. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so you can play through with the sound effects and music from the PS1 game. Um, both work really well. Like, it it sounded great to walk into the the police station and hear the PS1 music with those graphics. Oh, it was it was a really nice uh, nostalgia shock for me. Yeah. But um, what did you guys think? Is there any highlights to the music other than maybe a nostalgia beat it hits every now and again? I've got no nostalgia beat, but the music is important impeccably written and balanced through the story. Like Luke said, when Mr. X turns up, it's more the overall feel it gives the game for me rather than any one standout piece. Except just, for the save room music, I hope. Of of course. Okay. Oh, um, love the save room music. <laughs> it's just, it's it's more, it's like the, the whole feel of it for me is, is nice. Okay, so it compliments it. All right, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think Craig's mm-hmm. worded it really well. I can't. It's not something I'd like pull up on a Spotify playlist or something. But yeah. Other than the save room music. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, so I'm, make that I'm going to be a complete contrarian on this then because I just it it never gelled right. I don't know if it's something to do with my sound setup or something like that, but I could barely ever notice the music in the game. Like you know, it seemed like it was so low in in. Uh, I definitely have something wrong with my setup if it's that you know that that good for you guys. I you know I couldn't tell whether these were songs from the original game or things like that. It's just maybe I was too active in the I game. I heard hints. Yeah. Of like the original soundtrack in in there, I think um, definitely it's when not you first playing go into constantly. The like station, yeah, but yeah, I think I didn't really notice it until my second playthrough. But I think it does a really good job of like coming in at key moments to, and it just adds to your, adds to the feel of the game rather than being like constantly there. And it, you know, if you've got like a quite a stressful situation, it definitely adds to that. Just wanted to say though that the sound effects are are great as well like that there's bits where you come into like flooded rooms and the the sound effects were walking through water are really cool um mm. and like the guns as well sound quite meaty when you shoot them there's a good feel to them uh the one that that really impressed me was um it's a bit of a story spoiler but only like 15 minutes in when you take that guy's head and move it to the side and oh, you yeah. hear the cheek separate you're like oh that was meaty i like that yeah i think i i have a feeling it might just be the huge number of sound effects in this game you know there's a sound effect for absolutely everything yeah i'm sure at some points i'd be you know accidentally stepping on a zombie instead of the floor or standing on a little water stream coming through something you know especially around like the shower bits in the in the uh, in sort of like the underground police section part, you know where the dogs are mm-hmm. usually and things like that, and the the yeah. amount of crazy little noises, I think that just overwhelmed from from me hearing the uh, the actual music too much. I don't know. Um, for me, there's always one sound that screams Resident Evil, and I think it's just because of when I played them. But whenever you hear hollow footsteps on a marble floor, mm. always <laughs> think Resident <laughs> Evil. Like I, I, I like how they kept that. You can still just echoes off the side. Anyway, yeah. uh, controls are something we don't really talk about, but we probably should. Mm. Um, so how do you guys think this controls? For me, um, I didn't run into anything. I barely had to read any tooltips. Everything felt natural for me, but you know, I'm coming from the other games. So what about you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have been doing my tank controls, but other than that, it was <laughs> really? top notch. <laughs> no. no. I I think it yeah it's just fluid it's natural. One thing I really liked is that the um there isn't a huge amount of auto aim. I don't think there's any auto aim. So in assisted mode there is. Oh, is there right? I never had that on. But what I love is like the the, the animation of the zombies. You don't quite know where their where their heads going to end up, and because they don't walk like a you know sometimes they've got like a dodgy foot or or whatnot. Um, you don't know if you're always going to line up that headshot. So it can be it can that adds to the suspense as well sometimes you're like all right he's gonna oh no she's oh her head's not quite in the oh right she's getting mm-hmm. too close right run away yeah you, you, you whiff by a quarter inch right by the head yeah, yeah it's happened to me a few times <laughs> but anyway anybody else have any problems with the controls no no i found um maybe throwing grenades was a bit a bit funny i didn't fully gel with the animation uh but the bit luke was just saying about the the targeting it probably could have done with a bit of an uncharted shoulder swap sort of mechanic in there, maybe. Um, oh yeah, that would be good, yeah. Yeah, but the 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 animations were cool and fluid. I still don't know what the speedrunners are doing when they keep hammering the sprint button when they start going down steps and stuff like that. They, they've got some sort of secret tech going on there, which I have no idea oh, about. I didn't know 
Um, and the knife, the knife's really cool. The one thing I picked up from the speedrun aspect was you can get like a really wide arc to the knife and get potentially more damage, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, really. There's, there's not much wrong with it. Reloads are on, on point. The only complaint I have is due to reloads. Like if you're standing near an item, mm. you will bend to pick up the item before you reload. And I think priority-wise, you should put reload first. Yeah. But like uh, in the Birkin fight, you know the Birkin fight uh, after Annette shoots him with the acid rounds and you fall down and there's that big arena. Right. Um, if you're fighting near where a pickup is, whether you need that pickup or not, it can get frustrating to try to reload. It can, but then again, you're going to be standing behind pillars trying to avoid him throwing stuff anyway. So, so you, you should be doing that in the downtime. Wait. Oh, uh don't you tell me how to play, sir. <laughs> I, don't you dare. I, don't you dare. Uh, no, I, I tend to be right up in his grill most of the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't tend to fight him long range. Unless, you know, you got to go around the back and shoot him in the eyeball. Um, but Other than that, yeah. Um, so, everybody, uh, final thoughts, you know, not counting the epic War and Peace level story that we have. Take that and move it to the side. Uh, just on uh-huh. a mechanical level. Uh, final thoughts. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to say that I did not know what to expect. Let's face it, this was going to be the follow-up after Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7 was a first-person game, and Resident Evil 2 Remake was going to bring back something of the Resident Evil 4 style with the Resident Evil 7 engine. And I thought, have Capcom still got it? Can they Can they do that sort of game without probably the majority of the staff from those older games? Um, and I think they did it. I think it, the mechanics work perfectly well luke yeah i for someone who really you know probably wouldn't have played this game if it hadn't been a gift um i i've come away from it like really looking forward to the next resident evil game um and i think they've done really well in upgrading this game from you know i i actually think that would have been quite a difficult task to meet all the expectation they've done a brilliant job it's it's a great game to play and yeah i'd I'd really recommend picking it up have i spoken yet (laughs) (laughs) no craig okay just checking uh i i really enjoy i really enjoyed it it's like an absolute solid game but i couldn't get over the lack of any engaging story threads and I also couldn't get over the fact that the entire police station sounded or, or played like a condensed Tomb Raider dungeon or something, with balancing weights on a statue and dolls. Like I couldn't get over that. Just thinking, who the hell built this PlayStation? There, there is a story reason that I'm sure we're going to hit next episode. Well, yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I'm like as I'm playing. Through, oh no, I'm it's like, it's nonsensical. You're right. It's yeah, nonsense. Yeah. I couldn't get over that, and I, as I say, I enjoyed it. But I've got absolute. I don't like if they said we're going to do give Resident Evil Three the same treatment or Nemesis or whatever the hell else. I'm kind of. I won't be excited about it or anything. I'll only ever play it again if it's another game on the podcast. All right, so we know what we're doing next week. <sighs> Dead Space. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Dead Space. Dead Space is is something I want to play. I, 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 if you like the gameplay of this and want a better story, Dead Space is a very good substitute to Resident Evil. Anyway, sorry, we're not talking about Dead Space. We're talking about one of the best games ever made. You know, Cooney uh, 2. Yes, <laughs> Nino Cooney <laughs> 2. 
I like how at the end of Resident Evil 2, you suddenly fast forward to your son, who is psychic for no reason, and decides to time travel back to his father. Anyway, uh, so Resident <laughs> Evil 2 is something I hold in very high regard. I, I love almost every game in the Resident Evil franchise. And not every game deserves my love, but I can't help it. I'm human. I love Resident Evil. Um, 2 was very scary for me to play, not in terms of, like, fear, but, like, oh, I really hope they get it right. But Capcom has been on a roll with Monster Hunter and Resident Evil 7, and, you know, they've really hit a stride here. And they've always been good about updating the Resident Evil, so I didn't have too much doubt, but I didn't expect it to be as good as it was either. And, uh, frankly, if this doesn't appear on one of our games of the year list, I'm killing somebody. Because this is one of the best games I've played this year. And it has a decent amount of replayability to it, too. I mean, unless you're me, and then you just play the A scenario because you're just too scared to put it down. I, I, I don't like the, the lack of agreement when I said it's one of the games of the year. No, no, I'm totally with you. Well, I am playing yeah, DMC5 at the moment, so that's still... The jury's still out. Oh, okay. Um, well, Craig, you're fired. Luke, you're on notice. I and said Mike, it, I said I'll, it I'll too. accept no, that. I'm looking at I know, but I need an excuse to get rid of Luke, man. I need it. You're 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 fired because you disagreed. Luke's on notice because he's just a talking head that said yes. So you're screwed either way. Anyway, um, I we've like gone... Strange Brigade better, Dave. All right, you are really fired now, sir. Oh, you God. are really fired. It's a joke. It's a joke. um okay so we're gonna kind of cut it off here we do have more that we want to talk about beside the story and thank god for that or the next episode will be 20 minutes long so join us next time when we talk about part two of resident evil where we take the spoiler band-aid off and we poke around in all the maggot pus filled sores that lie within i hope you enjoy that visual Anyway, if you want to get a hold of us to maybe suggest a game or you want to tell us your thoughts on Resident Evil, like maybe you didn't like the way they updated it, you can hit us up on TheBitEffect.com or uh, I don't know how you would use Instagram because I'm old, or you could use Facebook or any of the, just Google our name and we're there. You can even email us at TheBitEffect.gmail.com. So uh, join us next week for part two and we will catch you later. Gentlemen, say... Night, gentlemen. That was terrible, Luke. <laughs> it was like you didn't even try. I'm, I'm on my best behavior. I'm on my final notice. Okay, okay. I didn't say final. I just said on notice. Oh. Uh. Well, Luke did terrible. It's, he's on his final <laughs> notice. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time.